You're listening to Wife on Earth, and in today's episode, we have an exciting adventure in a supermarket, an advert for a local store in Brighton, and we hear all about making bread in a section we call Make Do and Make, which we're going to start with. Oh, welcome to our podcast. It's going to be such fun with talks, reviews, and interviews, and japes for everyone. Celia, what's going on? Oh, Fred, please stop your queries. I'm doing another episode of this, our second series. A second series, eh? What larks? Did we make any money? Oh, Fred, that's not how podcasts work. The very notion's funny. Listen to to our our podcast if you're you're not not indisposed. indisposed. We We tried to use the library, but it was blooming closed. First of all, take your weighing scales down from the top of the cupboard... And you need to measure out one pound and four ounces of bread flour. Okay, so there we are. And then we need to get a teaspoon of sugar. Sprinkle that in. Oops, sorry. Oh, dear. Uh, A teaspoon of salt. Where's the salt? Oh, dear, this is taking... See, if I'd got everything lined up like Delia Smith in the start, this would be taking even less time, wouldn't it? So imagine that. I suppose if we do this at the same time together, then you'll, you'll be making bread with me in real time. So there we are. A teaspoon of salt, sprinkle that in. And a, uh, two teaspoons of fast-action dried yeast. So let's have a look at that. It's very funny-looking stuff, isn't it? So that's probably a whole sachet if you buy them in sachets. Now you need to add 400 millilitres of hand-hot water. So rather than boiling the kettle for this, I'll just top it up with cold water and then add whatever hot water's left in the kettle from when I made a cup of tea ten minutes ago. To be honest, I'm, I drink tea so often that there is always hand-hot water in the, t- in the kettle, if not hotter. So then you need to add your water to your dry ingredients. Stir with a wooden spoon. So you want to scrape it around from the edges and once it starts to meld into a big ball of dough you can use your hands to get the last bit of it together. So that's not too bad. It's a little bit sticky but just get the wet bits melded into the middle of the dry bits. Now this is wholemeal bread flour so you don't even need to knead it. You just need to get it together in a great big ball. Then get your bread tin, grease it with a little bit of grease and then put your dough in there. Now cover it with a, a hot wet tea towel and put it in a sunbeam. You're listening to Wife on Earth podcast broadcast from our spare room. I've baked bread now for a number of years. I I do enjoy it. It really is um, a a delight. We all have different hobbies, don't we? Oh my goodness, look what I've just found. It's Fred's crossword. An orange and black striped creature featured in a famous painting by, by Rousseau. Gosh, that reminds me. How funny. We're on our way back from a weekend. Fred, we've got to buy some bread on the way home. There's some in the freezer, Fred replied. There isn't, Fred. Now, a little parade of shops will be shut by now. There's nothing else for it. We'll have to go to the big supermarket. We are all having toast for breakfast in the morning, plus sandwiches for our picnic. Katie wants to make a bread and butter pudding, and any leftover from the pudding is for Billy, so he can feed the ducks. Katie, replied Fred. Why not cut out the middleman and let her throw it straight into the pond? Oh, Fred, don't be so awful. Katie's cooking isn't that bad. What about that banana toffee cake, Fred remembered. When I shook the tin, it dented the sides. Oh, Fred. And what was that watery thing? Now, that's not very fair, Fred, I said. 
Katie had been watching a celebrity come down and was very inspired. But what was it? wondered Fred. We were all starving. Pea souffle and a mushroom foam. Well, I couldn't tell you what it tasted like. By the time you dished it up, it had dissolved, said Fred. Oh, all right, all right, Fred. Well, Katie doesn't have to make a bread about a pudding, but we'll still need to buy some bread. OK, well, here we go, said Fred. The big frescoes. Gosh, Fred, really? The big frescoes? Well, we have no choice. Frescoes have made sure of that. Fred pulled into the big frescoes car park. The big frescoes. It was quite an imposing sight. I hadn't been to it before. It was much bigger than the Dudley one. It looked about 900 times larger than our parade of shops put together, but all encased inside a light grey box, like a sort of futuristic filing cabinet, with windows in the bottom drawer. I half expected to see people floating by on hover cars, you know, like in the future. Fred parked in the underground car park while I entered frescoes on my own. Something I never dared dream I'd do. I know it sounds silly, but it wasn't nearly as exciting as I'm making it sound. I was only getting a loaf of bread. Perhaps then I should have thought. If only I'd known then what I know now. We could have all had porridge instead of toast. Could Mrs. Silberto please come to the information desk? Thank you. Excuse me, sorry to bother you. Where will I find the bread? All the aisles have road names. You need to go up Margarine Avenue and turn left into Milk Lane. It's at the end of there. Gosh, really? Yes, look for a big sign. It says Fakery Bakery. It's like a pretend bakery. Oh, OK. That moment, as I set up Margarine Grove, I bumped into Mrs. Clapp. Oh, fancy seeing you here, Celia Jessen. Let's hop the small shops on your beloved parade. Don't find out you're in fresco. Whatever do you mean? I'm only pulling your leg. We can't all be expected to shop local all the time. And it's just the same as the parade in here, only better. You all find dogs tied to lampposts and madmen dropping their trousers. Or children throwing bangers at the bin in frescoes. It's like a giant indoor market in here. But with air conditioning and a trolley park, isn't it? I love it. Gosh, yes. Well, what, what used to be here then, do you know? A giant indoor market. But instead of air conditioning, there was only half a roof. And instead of trolleys being in the park, they were... At that moment, a large metal cage on wheels loaded with boxes came between us and I grabbed the chance to get away. Hurrying alongside the cage on the near side, closest to Tea Hill and Beverage Alley, I was escorted all the way towards the Fakery Bakery and delivered safely to a reduced section in one piece. I could just make out Mrs Clack in the distance looking for me. She was spinning around near the shampoo, holding a tube of something, when suddenly I was knocked sideways by a wheeled cart of crumpets into a display. Luckily it was a fairly soft landing. My fall was broken by the display of multi-packs of crisps. I felt a sharp pain in my ankle and my legs gave way as I tumbled to the ground. Are you all right? A man helped me to my feet and dusted me down. I held on tightly to my shopping list. What's this? It says bread. That's my shopping list. I know it's silly of me, but without a list I'm completely at sea. I looked at him. He was dressed in white and looked concerned. Are you a paramedic? Oh no, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Uh, to the fakery bakery. What happened? Well, he just got hit by the trolley with the funny wheel. Could he stand up? I should think so. I don't seem to have broken anything. I've landed on Fresco's Fluffles. Oh, could have been worse. You're pretty close to the to the cream horns. <laughs> we began to laugh. I know it sounds silly, but we laughed and laughed. Me with my empty basket, him in whites and a bonnet cap thing. And suddenly I realised he was a real baker. Well, just like our tiny cake shop opposite Wiley's the chemist, 
except this one had a uniform and everything. He was clearly one of those fortunate workers who had been displaced from their specialism and by a fluke found himself in the self-same arena. And he'd saved me. What a wonderful thing, I thought, to be able to bake bread. He held my hand and guided me skillfully towards the actual bakery bit, away from the dangers of the cheapo shelf where bags of rock-hard muffins were being grabbed at by the hoi polloi, whether it was on their shopping list or not. I felt gay and light and organised, but like a little girl. My hat flew off and his bonnet cap thing was at a rakish angle. I thought I heard music. Perhaps it was the Muzak, which I'd heard so much about, and in my mind I saw us whirling around together in the evening dress. Tell me all about working as a baker. Tell me all you know. No, traditionally, a man is expected to powerfully roll up his sleeves. Really? Angrily knead and thump away at a great big ball of dough. Gosh! Until it completely surrenders, becoming shiny and pliable. Then it rises up. Yes, yes. Be knocked back. Knocked back like a boxer? No, not really, no. You see, the bread has to prove. To prove what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being silly. You've completely lost me, though. It's perfectly simple. Do you know what a cob is? I'm afraid not. It's a kind of batch or balm cake. Do you know those words? Yes. My mother-in-law likes them. And rolls. At a girl. Brioche. Is that a thing? I just read it on a packet. Baguette. A French word. Oh, how wonderful to be a proper boulanger. Bagels. Do you have to get up at 3am? Is it true? Yes. Wholemeal tin. Is it very hard combining the ingredients for 300 loaves at a time? Or do you have a bread machine? Well, in an ideal world, it's all done by hand. By very strong hands. If you like, balm cake. Let's run away together. Me with my reusable shopping bag and you with your actual skills. We can catch a midnight train to a forest. You chewing on a twig of wheat and baking my baps on an open fire. Frosty bloomers. Yes. They're my favourite. Mine too. Sliced or unsliced? What? A sliced? Then you need to go to the counter and ask for Gary. What do you mean? Ask Gary. I don't understand. He does the slicer. I can't do it. Then you're not an actual baker? No, I'm just filling in. I'm a shelf stacker on the seasonal aisle. And suddenly I was back, standing by a wicker tray of burger buns and a man from the novelty section. He wasn't a master baker at all. I felt numb. I'd been so utterly foolish. I had to get away. And so, gathering myself with all the dignity I could muster, I chose the first thing I'd clapped eyes on. There was a golden, crusty loaf with a strained mottled pattern on top, almost as if it had gone wrong. It said, Giraffe Bread. I'll take this. Giraffe Bread, good choice. The public campaign to change the name, you know. True story. It used to be called Tiger. Tiger, Tiger. It used to be called Tiger. And suddenly I remembered Fred and his crossword. I was slightly delirious from the long journey. Fred's brain training had been quite gruelling. When the crosswords ran out, I had to do thoughtful chess or something, which consisted of me reading lists of chess positions and Fred making his move and then me remembering the move and making one back. I turned back to explain to the baker. Victor, he was called, his name had been on his lanyard. But he'd gone. And at that moment, the big cage of crumpets came hoving back into view and behind it emerged a familiar sight. Oh, there you are. Ah, perfect. I needed 18 bags of fluffles. May I? Yes, yes, of course. She reached past me. Anyway, I was saying, looks like rain again. You bought the weather with you, I see, coming back from Dudley. Right, I'm stopping up on crisps and I might get a cream horn, because guess what? I've been really good today. I had a terrible buzzing in my head and a blinding whiteness in my eyes. 
Mrs. Clegg was banging on and on about the importance of eating more than just bread, of lactose intolerance and swipe cards. I couldn't bear it any longer. Lactose intolerance, see? And she's got a swipe card. The store is closing in one minute. One minute. Thank you. Please head to the checkout. Thank you. And so I dropped the draft bread and I ran. I ran and ran past the tills, the key-cutting stall and those dismal blue glittery carnations. I ran and ran, narrowly missing a snake of trolleys swinging violently towards the trolley park. And then from behind the trolleys, I saw a familiar face. Fred! Hello, old girl, he replied. I'm just stretching my legs. Any luck? What do you mean? With the bread? Oh, not really, Fred, no. Well, they were all out. No, oh, never mind. We've still got those sandwiches on the far side of the bedding, wedged in between the glove box and the footwell. Well, that's wonderful news, Fred. Well, shall we venture to the cake shop in the morning? Fred said. Yes, Fred, please, let's do. We can buy bread there from the man who baked it. And a single tomato from over the road, if we like. And if I'm fifty pence short, I can pay them next time. They wouldn't do that here. And who needs vast quantities of Christian multiples of twelve? I'll tell you who. Mrs. Clack. Oh, yes, said Fred. I did see her. She had two baskets. Extraordinary. Do you know they have silly names for each section? Look, there's a display of dented tins over there. Tuna and sweet corn glade. Ha, ha. And look, a Christmas aisle. In June, I ask you. Hello, sir. It was the man from the fakery bakery. Victor. He was picking his nose and stamping on a pile of flattened cardboard boxes. I felt utterly ashamed. Actually, we're not due for Christmas for another two weeks. This is the novelty section and it's puzzle time, you know, for Father's Day. We've got Sudoku, word searches and crosswords. Here's one, look, two up. A heavy grind, nine letters. It's ton weight. Ton weight doesn't fit with three across, I said. And it's not two up, it's called two down. It's millstone. Good girl, said Fred. Oh, Fred... As he walked away, back to the car, but well, sort of back towards Dudley because of the roundabout in a nightmare sort of way, but heading for home eventually, looking forward to cereal or whatever it was we were going to have for the first time in our life, I realised how silly I've been. I couldn't have run away with a fake baker. It never would have worked out. I would have had to wash flour and yeast out of his jerkin as he failed to form a cohesive ball for the umpteenth time, our bread machine languishing in the corner... Me warming through half-baked garlic baguettes from the S.O. garage as he battled with the simple concept of across and down and extolled the virtues of pyramidical displays. And I vowed there and then never to buy a shop-bought bread ever again. Pamir, your local grocery. Interesting packaging with poorly chosen fonts. Fresh herbs in big bunches. Long aubergines. Pamir, 2A Preston Road, Brighton does not sell alcohol. Now we've come back to our bread now, we've let it rise, it's just risen above the top of the tin and it's looking very jolly indeed. Now I'm going to press some sunflower seeds into mine, so I've coated it with a thin layer of oil and then I'm just going to sprinkle and press some sunflower seeds onto the top of one of my loaves. So this recipe makes enough bread to fill a quite large loaf tin which is a two pound or 900 gram loaf tin, or you can make two tiny little loaves. They can be very, very sweet indeed. And I have done that, so I'm going to put some pictures of that um, somewhere on the internet, I suppose, or on my own wall. Now, I have got some bread here that I put in the oven earlier. You need to bake your bread for 40 minutes, if it's a larger two pound loaves, for 40 minutes. And when it's cooked, uh, you turn it out carefully, using a cloth to protect your hands, of course, and uh, let, put it onto a cooling rack so it doesn't go soggy. 
Very exciting, isn't it? And there's a lovely sound. I'm going to see if I can record for you the sound of my cooked bread. Are you ready? Could you hear that? over the sound of somebody chopping wood in the back garden and the dripping tap. It was a lovely crunchy bread sound, and that's the sound that the French listen out for, apparently, to check that their bread is up to scratch. If it's early afternoon on a Sunday and you've got literally nothing else to do, then why not come to Meeker's Garden Centre, Milton North's premier purveyors of plants, vegetables, garden furniture and slightly ribald gnomes. Located just seven miles from Milton Town Centre, four miles from Lower Upping, and easily accessible from the turning for the A299, Meekers is the perfect place for you and your family to spend two and a quarter lacklustre hours. Go to our garden section for a great selection of seeds, shoots, perennials and bedding plants, as well as tools. And don't forget to visit our manure world for all your dung needs. Browse in our farm shop for overpriced artisan bread and sausages with fennel in them. Gaze glumly at our wide selection of sheds and shedettes and finish off your day with a cuppa in Val's cosy corner cafe where the redoubtable Val will be dispensing shepherd's pie, cream scones and sarcasm in roughly equal measure. Meekers, voted Kent's Best Garden Centre 2012. Mention this show for a 5% discount and free Easy Care Climber. And now it's time for us to cut off our bread into slices. Now I've made three loaves today and so I'm going to cut one of them up and put it in the freezer. I'm very excited. So I'm currently cutting up the one with the sunflower seeds on top. I'm going to uh, see if you can hear the jolly sound of homemade bread. fact that it sounds like I was sawing through a worktop rather than just a loaf of bread didn't put you off although I'm sad to report that all of the sunflower seeds which I gently pressed onto the oil before baking have all popped off so I've ended up with a small pile of toasted sunflower seeds but a very lovely looking loaf of bread since I appeared on Woman's Hour uh, earlier last year, talking frankly about the problems I was having with my dodo rail, I have had literally some letters from women all over the country asking me for advice. I'm here in the spare room and I'm going to be doing an Agony Aunt feature, and so here is our first one. Dear Celia, My husband and I have been married for 28 years, and though I love him as much as the day we wed, to be perfectly frank, our love life has become a little stale and predictable. A friend at the WI suggested we spice things up between the sheets with golden showers or even BDSM. Do you think this would be a good idea? And that's Lauren from Bromsgrove. Well, Lauren from Bromsgrove, I'm afraid I don't know what either of those things are. BDSM is the British Driving School of Motoring, is it? Well, anyway, spicing things up is all very well, Lauren, but don't get carried away. Why not do what Fred and I did when, after 39 years of marriage, we began to feel in something of a rut? We simply had fitted wardrobes put in. So that's what I'd recommend. Dear Celia, I recently divorced at the age of 30. 
I would like to meet another man. Ideally, I would like a long-term relationship. But the men I meet online or on dating apps seem to be only interested in one thing. Please advise. And that's Christine from Solihull. How odd. Christine said the men she met were only interested in one thing, but she's not said what it was. Well, it could be anything, couldn't it? Chess, calligraphy, Warwick deeping, brass rubbing, Egyptology, anything. Oh, the penny's dropped. Sorry, Christine, from Solihull. It's true that many men do seem to be completely obsessed with the Second World War. I know Fred is. He's constantly banging on about General Rommel or whatever. But once they've talked about that for five or six hours, they will be willing to move on to other subjects like sport. So just be patient is my advice. Dear Celia, I'm stuck in a stullifyingly loveless marriage with a deeply dull man. The children left home years ago and I find myself yearning for romance and love. I would give anything to escape my dreary workaday existence and have a passionate affair with a man, possibly a gypsy or chimney sweep, but I cannot seem to work up the courage. Instead, I have retreated to a rich fantasy life in which I seem to view every man I come across, no matter how boring, as an exciting potential lover. Please help. And that's from Cecilia in Toxington North. Sorry, it's miles away. Well, Cecilia from Toxington North, I think you're doing fine. Keep up the good work. Chin up, old gal. Today's episode is written by Joanna Neary and Joseph Nixon with George Egg and performed by George Egg, Joanna Neary and Chris Sloman with music by Head Love and Pat McLean. Wife on Earth is a production for Cosmic Shambles Network.